Hey, this is Maggie Carr from Maggie vs. Evil Dead. You can look it up on YouTube. And God have mercy on your soul because you're about to listen to Sean on Horribly Awkward Podcast. Hey, what's up? This is Sissy Jones from Firewatch. I'm Delilah. I hate to tell you guys, but the rumors are not true. Sean is not horribly awkward. You've all been terribly misled. Hey, y'all, this is Lou Temple. You know me as Axel on The Walking Dead. And soon is Psycho Head, Rob Zombie's new movie, soon to be released, 31. And you're listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. Keep tuning in. Follow me. Hey, this is Dragonfly from Puregasmic Love. And you are listening to the Horribly Awkward Podcast. It's time to get awkward. This episode of Horribly Awkward Podcast is brought to you by the Conjurer Fortune Machine. Conjurer, are you there? I'm here. Uh, can I have my fortune for today, please? Conjurer says, Foolish man, give wife grand piano. Wise man, give wife upright organ. <laughs> 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 that was fun. That was beautiful, guys. I got uh, I got Robert Smith on the podcast. He uh, he goes, yeah, he's got this weird fetish with being in a box. So he goes from fair to fair, and he's in a box, and he gives people fortunes. Uh, you say awesome. fetish. Jesus. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a weird thing. I don't know, man. Some people are in the weird stuff. He likes being in a box and giving people fortunes. But uh, this is a very cool conversation. We were talking about robots taking over the world, uh, <laughs> the fair Fortune. life. Fortune machines and ice cream and chicken and donuts. Yeah, donut, chicken, ice cream sandwich. We talk about that. And how uh, actually Robert is a shill for corn dogs at the fair. So <laughs> I have been. <laughs> He's the corn dog shill advertising guy. But yeah, this, this was a, a good time, Robert, man. I, I'm glad I got, I got in contact with you. Yeah, my pleasure. Glad I could be with you guys. So enter the podcast. Hey, Norma, give us a horribly awkward. I can't even control myself. It's so horribly awkward. This is so awkward. This is so awkward. This is horribly awkward. No one off. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Horribly awkward. Sean, dude, you're horribly awkward. Sean, I know you think this is weird, but it's not as weird as you think it is, dude. Don't do that, it's awkward. <laughs> Welcome to episode 121 of Horribly Awkward Podcast. You know me, I'm Sean. If you don't know me, maybe you're just a passerby, like, hi, I'm Sean. Uh, get to know me. If you wanna, if you guys want to call me, you can at 559-803-9. So yeah, go ahead and give me a call. That's my personal phone number. I promise I won't edit no numbers out. But yeah, give me a call. But uh, more importantly, I got an awesome guest today. I'm super excited to talk to him. Uh, where do I start? Okay, I met this. Uh, I, I didn't actually meet him. Saw this guy at the fair, Fresno Fair in October. I saw this guy. Actually, it was I didn't, wasn't sure if it was a guy. I was like, is this a robot or a dude in this, this little Conjurer Fortune Machine box? And people are walking up getting their, their fortunes. And... Uh, he hands him a fortune card and gives him a funny fortune. I'm like, my mom went up. I filmed it. And I was like, that guy is, that guy's fucking hilarious. I, I need to talk to this guy. <laughs> I followed him on uh, Instagram. I followed him God. on Twitter. Got a hold of this guy. Tracked him down. And uh, little to know that we'd I'd have him on the podcast, which is pretty awesome. So, uh, everybody. Oh, uh, and we have the same haircut. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, that's fucking beautiful. Everybody, mm-hmm. Welcome. 
Robert Smith! No, no, no. I'm not the lead singer of The Cure, so let's just get that out of the way right now. Oh, damn. Really? <laughs> oh, damn. shit. I wondered, like, when you message, you DM me, and you're like, yo, let's have you on the podcast. I'm like, does he know I'm not that Robert Smith? But Oh, man. Yeah, ever since <laughs> I saw you at the fair, and you gave my mom her little fortune, I looked yeah. you up, like, that same weekend, and I, I was just kind of falling. I was, you know, I was... Very voyeuristic, just kind of watching your videos. Every once in a while, I like it. And then I was just like, you know what, dude? I saw, I saw a video you did recently. Um, it was about confidence. And I was yes. like, that's a good fucking message. You know, confidence is like, uh, it was like uh, doubling down on the strength so uh, you don't yeah. give a that shit. Was the, that was the confidence is in a Tony Robbins video. Yeah. And, and with love and respect to Tony, like, he's got really great stuff. But I know people that are like... You know, it's like if I just read this self-help book, if I just go to this Tony Robbins conference and it's like, no, 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 no. Like that can be cool. But if you're not comfortable with in your own skin with who you are, then I mean, it doesn't mean you have to be completely happy. Like maybe you want more, you want to build your business bigger or whatever. But I just feel like being confident is being OK with who you are and mm-hmm. knowing you may not be satisfied with everything, but having the confidence and and knowing how to improve that. Videos aren't going to do it. Gary V isn't going to do it. Like you have to know yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah, confidence is is a state of mind. Yes, hundred percent state of mind. I mean, you can I can be very confident on this podcast and have a good time, and, and but I'm very I'm very socially awkward. Like I'm really weird and 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 yeah, I noticed places. that at the fair. Oh yeah, I'm just like I stood back <laughs> and I'm like I didn't I didn't go up and get my fortune. I was like too too yeah. shy. But on the podcast, You're not alone. I, I, I have this loophole in the podcast where, it be, and I tell this story to people, and they're like, "Dude, you seem very charismatic, very energetic. You don't seem shy or awkward at all. Why is it called horribly awkward? It's, but it's hard. Like I have confidence right now. I have confidence. This is cool. It, but it it gives you air cover. So if you ever have that show that's just like complete crap, people are like, "What was that?" And you can be like, "Well, it's the horribly awkward show. <laughs> Duh. Yeah, yeah. Well, what do you expect? Come on. Exactly. Come on, man. Yeah, I, I was um, so." I'm really curious, like, uh, like what you do. It's it's so interesting. Is that something you made up? Do you work for somebody? I really have no idea. Like, what's going on here? Yeah. So I am my I'm self employed. So my wife and I own our company, Robert Smith Presents, and we provide entertainment solutions for fairs, festivals, and corporate event planners. Um, our our primary traction is Conjure Fortune Machine right now. Um, I actually, when I got into the industry, I started out as a magician and found guess, out real quick. That. Yeah. Right. Totally it found out that. real quick. The fact, the first iteration of conjure machine was a guy was a fortune telling magic thing, like a magic vending machine. And, um, I found out real quick that within the fair industry, there's like 10,000 magicians. And so mm-hmm. being for me, being based out of New Mexico, it's really difficult to compete nationwide and like, Next week I go down to Florida and it's difficult to compete in that market because there's like, there's literally 500 magicians in Orlando that will go do that fair for next to nothing. Well, when I've got to get, I have all those extra costs, yeah, airfare, rental car, all the travel stuff on top of it. I'm like, I can't go down to the rates that a lot of them charge. And so I knew I needed something that was a little more unique. And so it was actually at the Florida Fair Convention 2011. So it would have been May 2011. I'd been in the fair industry for two or three years at that point. And I was with uh, a talent agency at that 
time in my career and I was talking to some of the other acts and I said, guys, I really want like something unique, like that nobody else does. And a friend of mine, Richard Renner says to me, Hey, do you remember that movie big? And I'm like, yeah, I remember big. He goes, do you remember the Zoltar, the fortune machine? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you should do that. You should like build a box and get in it and you be the guy. And I was like, what? Like that? <laughs> like, wait, wait, wait. So if, you know, I had like a magic act that was kind of like a street style magic act. Like you might see like a, a busker, like in new Orleans or Santa Monica up here or, or San Francisco or something like that. And I'm like, so you want me to go from having like a hundred to hundred people in a show gathered around watching and engaging with me. And now you want me to get on a box and just engage with individuals in small groups. That's stupid. That's the fair manager. Never going to go for that. So he's like, no, I think you you should think about it. And Richard had been in the fair industry at that point, probably at least 15 years. So he takes me over to the agent and he tells the agent the idea. And the agent's like, I love it. You have to do it. And in fact, if you don't do it, one of the one of us is going to do it. We'll put somebody else in the box and we'll make all the money on it. And they were like adamant. And I was like, well, you know, I'm really new to the industry. I'm going to take a shot because if they're that confident in it, then let me see what happens. And so we built, um, a prototype unit. I took it out to the IEFE fair convention in Las Vegas that, um, that December of 2011 and would go on in 2012 to do, um, the Nebraska state fair, the Ohio state fair and the Arizona state fair, Arizona and Ohio being, um, two of the 10 largest state fairs in the country. So right out of the gate, it, like it started to get some love. So I became a guy in a box. I didn't, <laughs> it's, it's I didn't. Those, yeah, it's one of those things where you see at a distance, you're like, I don't even what? want to go there. Is he going to grab my arm? Yeah, like, no, <laughs> and I get that. And for, for the <clears throat> listeners that are, are listening going like, what the hell is he talking about? It's just so imagine if you've seen the movie Big, there's the Zoltar machine and, and fortune machines like that that have like um, an automatic fortune guy, like uh, an automaton in the box. Those have been like penny arcade machines for like several hundred years where yeah. you would drop a penny in and it would move around and it would light up and it would give you a fortune card. You're, Some people blow in the mind of people right now like pennies used to be worth something. Yeah, right. And that's exactly what it was. Now you go up to Zoltar and he's like, put a credit card in. <laughs> <laughs> but you can still see Zoltar. There's a group <laughs> called um, Characters Unlimited. They're based out of just outside of Las Vegas. Um and they do, they create this, they own Zoltar, they own the rights to the name and they create. So if you see a, for, a Zoltar fortune machine, typically in a wooden box, a stained wood box, and he's got sort of like a Middle Eastern kind of like shaman looking dude in it, that that's the Zoltar machine. You put a dollar in and out and he gives you some wisecrack fortune and then he shoots out a fortune card at you. So my the whole concept that Richard suggested was I get in the box, someone will come up and press a button to activate me, and at portraying the machine, initially I would do a magic trick and then hand them a fortune card. And then it evolved. I had one lady at an event um, here in Albuquerque, and she I handed her the fortune card, and she's like, is that it? That's the fortune? It's just the card? And I was like, yes. Like, what else is it supposed to be? And she goes, oh, well, can you like do palm readings? And I'm like, Yes, even though I'm like, I know diddly squat. So literally I made up something about like her husband and what, you know, he was going to this out of the other and, and, and 
made it seem like she was in charge of the whole thing. She's like, yeah, I knew it. He needs to listen to me more. Yeah, right? Nice. And I'm all, I'm all, okay, whatever, total ad lib, but it works. And then like the next five people that came up, they were like, no, 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 we don't want to see magic. Can you just read our palms? And I went from having a line that was like five people long. I was supposed to do like three 45-minute sets that day at that event. I ended up getting stuck in that box for three and a half straight hours. Ah, nice and score, so man. I was like, man, okay, so I'm on to something here. This has obviously gotten big. And um, so eventually a couple comes up, and I, I lean over, and I say to them, hey, before I do this for you, how long have you guys been in line? I thinking they were going to be like, oh, like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. She goes, looks at her watch, and she goes, what, like an hour and a half? Damn. I'm like, what? You wait an hour and a half for some goofy-ass dude in a box to give you some not BS, make-believe palm reading. Dude, you're like a Disneyland ride, man. I, I But that yeah, was just it. I came home, and I told my wife. I said, I'm onto something, but I don't get it. I wouldn't even wait for Space Mountain for 90 minutes. Yeah. Like, Sometimes less is more. It's just like, you I, know, create creative shit. Yeah, and so we went, and as that started to develop, um, I was like, you know, I'm I'm literally because I'm getting stuck in this box all the time. I've got people that are waiting, and we started to get some complaints because some of the lines were getting long at some of the fairs, and so we did that for like 18 months with the palm reading thing. And then 2014, September 14, at the Los Angeles County Fair in Pomona, Right before that fair, we switched over to where now people press the button, and now there's an automated voice, and I now I'm completely the machine, and then they get the fortune card that way. So wait, so so the voice, you, it's not you on a mic. It can be. Oh, it can depends. be. It, I, was, yeah, I was trying I to can, figure that out. We we were wondering. Me and my mom were wondering because maybe there's like a slight delay with the with the mic, so it kind of looks like you look yeah. like a robot. Yeah, it can be. It, it I can definitely go live. Um, sometimes I do, um, but we do have the ability to to work out autom- sounds automatically. And okay. realistically, I'm really big on authenticity. And so, like, if you go to a Zoltar machine, I mean, it's got like 500 fortunes or whatever just programmed in its memory, and you put the dollar in, and whatever the next one is on the program is what comes up. When I do programming stuff um, versus speaking. There has to be – I have to have some level of control because I don't want to give something that might have a little more of an adult theme to a kid. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So one of them I, was like about wine, I think. I remember this fortune. Yeah, I think it was well, about yeah, wine. yeah. It's, it, there's something about um, like it's good luck to drink more vodka or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to give that one to like a nine-year-old. That might be a little yeah. inappropriate at the county fair. I don't know. It's Fresno, right? I mean <laughs> – it's, Yeah, it's Fresno. Like, we start <laughs> drinking at nine, man. Come on. <laughs> You know, I gotta. Here's what I gotta say for that fair. Um, when I started telling some of the people I know in the industry that they're like, "Hey, how's your schedule look?" Because we all talk amongst our, ourselves and kind of get an idea of who's doing what. And I was like, "Oh man!" I and it was God, May or May or June of last year. It was a late edition. Like their budget was just about set when they called. But um, I I was telling them, man, I got Fre- I got Fresno ten days in October, twelve days in October. Cool, I'll take that. And um, I had several people that were like, ooh, good luck. That Fresno is a rough place. And I'm like, wait, what? A, wait, what? What did I get myself into? So I go out, and there were there were parts of the town that I could see why that people had said that. Oh, yeah, But yeah. the fair itself, those people, as far as fairs go across the country, I've been to a lot of them. That is probably one of the five best fairs I've ever been to. They run a fantastic event. 
They yeah, really it's do. A, it's a cool fair, especially like the back where they have all the kid area where they have that like the tree house setup thing. It's yeah, really like I remember when I got on property there and they they took me around to where my dressing room was going to be and I'm walking through there and I'm like, this looks like Frontierland at Disney at Disneyland. Yeah, like, yep. Yeah. It's really beautifully done. And I was talking to a couple of the board members and they said, you know, the thing that makes it work is that they the community around them really has buy into that. And so they don't like they really support the fair. They really buy into and support the fair, which for a lot of fairs across this country, it doesn't happen like that. Hmm. They got a good thing going on. So y'all in Fresno listening, you've got a good fair. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty cool fair. I end up going and I always end up looking at all the cool creative foods that I just don't want to spend fifteen dollars <laughs> on. I'm like right? oh, last the so last time I got like a big like fried pickle it was so fucking good man this this pickle was so thick and it was deep fried and it had it was bacon wrapped it was so good god oh my god that sounds like my first year when i was in the we started getting in the fairs in like 2009 2010 yeah like i gained like probably 30 pounds that year because i was like (laughs) oh let me just go grab a corn dog and like you you one of the tricks when you're a performer is to meet up with some of the vendors, especially the ones around you, and like during your show to plug them. And like I'm doing a magic show, and like one of the things I did, I would make like a corn dog appear or whatever, and I'd get and I'd be like, I got it from right there or here, and I'd give it to somebody or whatever, and like so people would go eat at that vendor, and then the vendor would be like, Yo, do you want? We'll give you, we'll feed you every day. Just come by once a day, and we'll give you some food. And I'm like, Sweet. Well, enough corn dogs and turkey legs, and all of a sudden you turn into a little bit of a pudge. <laughs> so what you're describing, I'm like, oh, my God, I can never go back to that realm. That's just scary. <laughs> yeah, last time they had a uh, – I don't know if you saw us, but they had it. It was like a Krispy Kreme donut with the fried chicken inside and ice cream inside. <laughs> God. Krispy Kreme donut, chicken, fried chicken sandwich, and ice cream inside it. No, just no. No. <laughs> But it's like the eleven. Cool thing about that is the cool thing about that is if you wanted to be like, okay, next Tuesday I'm gonna have a heart attack. You can literally schedule it with that you kind s- of food. You could schedule. You're like, let me get my life insurance intact <laughs> yeah. for my wife. Let me set yeah, this up. For sure. That sounds good though. I would no. I don't know if it sounds good, but I would have tried it. If somebody had it, I would have tried it. No. Just well, and it was probably like seventeen dollars. Yeah, it's like that eleven food, or twelve yeah, that, or something. Yeah, that food is not cheap, man. No, hell no. Once you're in there, you're 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 screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, you can sneak away, go to McDonald's across the street. But yeah, there's that. There's a lot of neighborhoods that are really bad in Fresno. I mean, I know I I'm outside working in a lot of these neighborhoods. And, yeah. Um, sometimes I get nervous. It's just I work I work some some parking lots in that neighborhood just right down the street. There's some bad neighborhoods around there. But there's yeah. some really nice areas of, of Fresno. Most of it's cool. Most of it's... Yeah, I, we went up to... A bunch of the entertainers went up to that children's hospital up there, up on the north side of town. And, it, like, that staff was amazing. We got to go perform for a bunch of the kids that couldn't make it out to the fair. And Nice. So, I mean, it seems like, you know, people want to go, oh, Fresno, and we've got bad areas of town. I'm like, well, so does Dallas, so does Orlando, so does New York. Like, who doesn't? It's yeah, every, just, everybody does. So... What's your what's your favorite place to go to to do your do your gig? My favorite place to perform, um, I think my favorite fair to work is Costa Mesa, is the OC fair. Okay, just down yeah down the road from you guys. This is um, I'll be back out there this July to August, my third year in a row. Um, that is really unique because 
the way they put the event on, and they have RCS, who's Ray Kamek shows, as their ride operator. And um, so it's like, honestly, it's, I describe it like working a theme park. Um, it's a lot of county fairs can be, I mean, they can be tough crowds. They can be out in the middle of nowhere. They're like, Oh, here, go do your magic show over there on the dirt. And it's like, wait, what? But OC fair is the most professional event. I work, um, very much like a theme park. The people are amazing. Um, it's just the energy there is really good. So that's my favorite. And then uh, my second favorite spot, too, I love going and working in Florida. Like when I go leave here in uh, uh, on Wednesday to start because I, I have three fairs down there between February and um, the end of March. So I'll be gone for the better part of two months. And that Florida's cool because, um, I mean, you just like where I don't know what the weather's like out there where you are in Fresno right now, but. New Mexico winter time this time of year it can get down in the twenties. Now it hasn't been. It's been like forties and fifties, but like I say, it's just miserably cold, dry wind, and it's just it sucks. So I'm like, oh, I get to go to Florida for two months and nice. the rest of the winter and be in like seventy eight or eighty degree weather. I'll take that. <laughs> but dude, I'm in California, so it's never really that shitty. I mean, right now we're like yeah. we're like high of sixty, low of thirty eight. It's like yeah, perf- perfect. Not- yeah, not too bad. Yeah, I mean, you yeah, did here. you did October. You did Fresno in October, and it's like still 80, 90 degrees. <laughs> yeah, there were a couple of hot days out there that I'm like, holy cow. But that was, you know, I would much rather do 80 or 90 is fine. When I did L.A. County there for a couple of years out in Pomona, there were some days that I put a thermometer in the inside of Conjurer that were 115 degrees. Ooh, we'll get 115 outside of the thing sometimes in the, in the summer. If you came in August, yeah. you'd be fucked, man. It sucks. Yeah, September in Pomona is pretty miserable. I don't like, but I guess when you do that fair, it just it is what it is. People know, and L.A. Luckily, their fairgrounds is just monstrous, and they've got so many huge exhibit halls that when people need to cool down, they just go walk through the. And the vendors love it because then everybody in there selling their cell phone cases or whatever they're selling. There's huge crowds coming through. Yeah, because it's hot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Last so when I was at Fresno Fair, they had this thing like these pig, this pig races, these pig. Yep. Pig things. I was so disappointed. Uh, I don't know if you know these guys. Maybe you're. Maybe you bump shoulders with these pig racers. But they they got me to believe this little pig was gonna go around the track and jump this tall fence. And I was like, Oh my god, this little pig's a super pig. He's gonna fly. He's probably gonna come out with a cape on. Yeah. I was all excited to get you all worked up. And the pig runs. He's getting real close. You're like, Oh my god, the pig's gonna jump it. And then he goes. It's like this little. There's this little secret trap door underneath, and the pig goes underneath it. He's trained to go underneath the fence because little flap moves. And I was like, oh, man, I thought that little pig was going to jump this, like, this, like, three-foot fence, this little baby pig. It was, I was so, it was funny, but I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know who they're, um, who they have out there running, running their pig races. There's, uh, there's pig races all over the country. And, uh, the best pig race, um, there's a guy, it's called Hambone Express. Uh-huh. And um the guy, the owner's name is Charlie. They just actually today they finish in they're down at South Florida Fair in West Palm Beach. They finished today. And um he is from Arkansas. So when you hear like that kind of Arkansas twang calling a pig race, like when I hear people are gonna go watch pigs run around in a circle and call it a race i'm like this is the most redneck thing you could possibly do and when you got charlie's voice calling it with that arkansas twang and it's all super strong on a voice you know what i'm saying like he's hysterical he is like they're the best in the business they really are and and, you know for 
whatever I people you talk to fairs and they're like you have to have a pig race like that is it's one of those it's as American as apple pie kind of deals like a, a county fair without a pig race isn't a county fair yeah, I guess. I mean, I'm not talking <laughs> shit on these people. In the industry, did, it is. <laughs> I'm not talking crap on these people who did the pig race. I was just disappointed because I really thought this little pig was going to jump over this thing. I'm like, how is it going to do this? Yeah, I got worked yeah, up, but it was funny. Gimmick. Well, it's kind of some of them played up like the um, the old sideshows where they're like, oh, the nine inch tall woman, you know, or the world's hairiest man or whatever. And you walk, you pay your dollar or whatever, and you walk backstage to see this sideshow freak or whatever they call it. And you're like, really? That's really? And you're just disappointed. But it is what it is. I mean, it's part of like to me, it's like a historic part of the industry. You, yeah. you got to have. You gotta have a pig race. Yeah, and the, the, the biggest snake in the world. You go back to like I see these at the pet store. Come on. Yeah, it's like a albino python or whatever, and you're like, really? It's not even an anaconda. <laughs> you gonna feed it? At least let me watch you eat a rabbit or something. In fact, there's some there's some pigs. I know where to get some pigs that you can feed it. <laughs> yeah, I know where to get. Yeah, I know where to get this little super pig. Probably tastes <laughs> really good, man. <laughs> It's kind of interesting, man. It must be a, a crazy job going from like city to city and f- flying all over the place. That's kind of neat. Like I'm, it, I'm trapped. Like, I'm trapped. Like, yeah, I can see where it can also be kind of stressful and weird. And uh, you ever got any like any weird like stories out of being places? Oh Jesus, where do I like? <coughs> where you what start? Don't I have <clears throat> happen? Yeah, I mean, I had a lady at um, L.A. County. And um, there's one of the fortunes that conjures flirting with a girl and is like, oh, give me your phone number and, you know, and I'll read your future or something, you know, and it's just a, it's just, it's just, it's to make her blush and the audience kind of giggle and I give her a fortune card. Mm -hmm. And so I do this fortune. She kind of blushes and giggles and she starts to walk off. And then I have this, like this next guy come up and I'm in the middle of doing his fortune. And all of a sudden she walks up and she hands the fortune card back to me. And I'm like, well, that's rude. (laughs) And I go to, and I'm like, I go to take it off the table and, and drop it underneath the table. And I look and she actually put her phone number on it. And I'm like, huh, how do I like, that's happened a couple times. Like one gal, one gal DM'd, sent a DM to the Conjure Fortune Machine Facebook page. She was like, did you really want me to call you or are you married or and I'm all, oh, Jesus. And I said, <laughs> so I'm like, because it's the Conjurer Fortune Machine page. I'm like, OK, so the like Conjurer is responding, not Robert. Right. So Conjurer's like, well, sadly, I'm just a machine and, and not capable of those kind of a relationship. But uh, yes, the guy who built me is married. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> She's like, oh, I get it. And I'm like, oh, this is just like, how do you respond to that? Do you like, do you tell her, do you just ignore it and let it go? And, or I don't know. It's just, you handle it happens. perfectly though. Yeah. And then I get, um, uh, like there's people that get rough with conjurers sometimes that, that I try not to let it irritate me. Um, but I think a lot of what it is, is like you said at the beginning, when you first saw, saw me performing the characters, like. I'm really, I don't want to, this is tooting my own horn, but I'm really damn good at it. Yeah, you're, I hold you're, really you're, still, you're my movements My movements are on point, so it really does look like a machine moving, but people really stop, and, they, and they're like, wait, 
is that a real guy? Like I just put a thing out on Facebook and Instagram that was like, you know, that feeling when people ask if you're a real guy and I'm with one of my buddies, Andrew, and I kind of have my, like yeah, I'm leaning my that. head on my hand, like, Oh God, here we go again. Um, but yeah, I do have, I hear people all the time, every, every single show I do three or four times a day at a fair, at least one time a set. Is that guy real? Is that real? Or is that fake? And I'm like, huh, what does that mean? Is that real? Or is that? And then they come up and they press the button and they go, oh, I knew you were fake. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, are yeah. you sure you're using the right words there? Because uh, I'm actually real. And they're like, no, 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 you're not real. And I'm like, yeah, I am. Oh, but you're not a real machine. And I'm like, no, then I'd be fake. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got a I got duped at and when I was in on Hollywood Boulevard once there was a, one of those guys that you know the robot guys that, that could yeah. stand super still right and seen yeah him, for sure I walked in the it was like in the foyer, foyer of um uh what's that believe it or not Ripley's believe it or not thing yeah the guy was standing yeah, yeah. there and I walk up and I was like oh god it's a guy pretending like he's a ro- he's a statue and I was like oh no that's a statue I was like that it looks really oh it was good. like a legit. It was a oh wow! And then I got real close, and then he like he just went like, "Hey, how you doing?" And he put his hand out to, to like shake my hand, and I, like I I I got startled, oh, man. man. So it was like at first you thought it really was a wax wax statue or whatever, and then he got you. Yeah, I thought it was. Did a- you see the video? Um, I forget was it T Mobile or somebody? I forget who it was. They teamed up with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Have you no, seen that one? No, I haven't. He it was for like Ripley's 25th anniversary maybe it, but it's on like look up Ripley on YouTube like Ripley's Arnold Schwarzenegger or no Madame Tussauds that's what it was and um so they put him into makeup as the as like the T1000 or whichever one it was right from Terminator and people come around the corner and here's this the background's like the Terminator right and he's standing there really super still and people are like oh let's go take a picture oh, and they cool. as they get up close to him they're all he goes, here, give me the camera and moves. And they're like freaking out. I'm going, oh my God, that's perfect because they they did him up as the character and they really overdid the makeup. So as long as he stood still, like it was, nobody would have known. And then he kept freaking everybody out. It was hysterical. I can't do, I can't see, I can't even stand still. Like, I don't know, maybe I, cause I drink too much caffeine, but <laughs> like I, I can't even do it like I, there's no way i can't like my body will would sway if i was standing up no way yeah well it's it can be tricky because for me when i'm in the box i'm i'm actually standing on the ground people think that i step into it and i'm like up and i'm elevated <clears throat> but i i for safety i need to be standing on the ground because if i get like a gust of wind or something i need to be able to be grounded and be able to oh, keep yeah, the box sure. from tipping which like if it's that windy anymore, I'm like I, don't, I cancel the show. I don't even. Has, go has out. your box ever tipped? Um, I have almost lost it on um, leaving an event in Albuquerque because I had like 45 mile an hour gut. I was out of it. I was rolling it back to the dressing room, and it started to walk away from me. And I'm like literally like grabbing onto it, putting my weight down on it until the gust stopped. Um, and that was it was that that event that I was like okay, this is not so good. And so I called my um, insurance provider and was like, hey, this is what happened. No injuries. Nobody was around because it was around a backstage area. But what should I do about, you know, do I have the as the ability as the owner of the act to pull the plug and say, no, nope, we're not doing it because it's too windy at a fair? And they were like, yeah, it just depends on what your contract says. But 
you know, as to whether or not you get paid on that show. But regardless, if it's really heavy wind and you, it's reasonable to believe that it could tip or, or possibly be a tip hazard, you, you have a duty to not take it out on set. And so, um, I had one organization that wanted, they were like, I wanted to put a rider on that says, look, I'm the one that calls the final shot on that. If it's too windy or not, not you guys. And they were like, no, you can't add that rider. We are ex- the ones that make the decision on whether the show goes on. And I said, okay, well then I'm, you can't have Conjurer there. And I walked on a $15,000 contract because oh, I was shit. not, I was not willing to put my company at, or the, the health or safety of any of the guests or any, like, that's just stupid. Like yeah. it's a, it's a, a fest, this was a festival. I'm like, it's a festival. Like people are just out there goofing off, having fun, having a beer, having a good time. Why would you be like, no, 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 you have to go perform and not give me the, the, uh, you know, the ability to call the shot, especially when it's my attraction. Like if it tips, forget if it hits a kid, but what if I get injured or it breaks? Like that was just so, you know, it sucks, but sometimes doing the right thing, actually doing the right thing is always the right thing. So we walked on that one and I haven't regretted it. <laughs> oh man, that's, man, we, I like what you're doing, man. It's cool. And yeah, like you said, you're really damn good at it. Like the way, the way like you, you make, there's like the robot noises and like with the, with your, you know, <laughs> I can't explain That's this funny. on audio. It looks so awkward right now. It <laughs> does. Yeah. Well, trust me, you should see how it feels on my end when I'm like moving and people are like looking at me going, what is they literally look at me and I wish I could have a, like, I've had GoPros mounted over my shoulder before um, when I'm recording for promo stuff to put together, but I wish I had a camera there so that people could see their own faces and own reactions because it is hysterical. They just look at me like, what in the holy hell is this? Because they come up. Is a do obviously well, I'd like to think it's obviously a human being standing in a tall box. And but they come up with just this look of fear, of wonder, of excitement. They press the button and then I come to life. There's the chime that plays, you know, the background sound of the machine, the audio starts playing, it's something funny. And it's the looks I get. People are just like, wait. Like even after I finish, right? So I hand them the fortune card. They immediately start looking down to read it. And sometimes they're standing there and then they want to look back up and say, thank you. Like, why would you say thank you to a machine? It's a machine, right? So I hand them the card and I immediately go back to what I call the set position where I'm still again. I'm now off and they read it. You know, it's like two sentences, you know, it's just like the one your mom got. And they look up and they go, thank and they wave and they're like, <laughs> and that's when they're like, a lot of times they go, oh my God, he's like, he turned off and they wave and then they go to hit the button again and again and again. And I don't do anything. And then their buddy goes, it knows you. You can only do it once. Oh shit. That's funny. So it's, you know, it's really, it's, I mean, there's, there's just challenges to it when you've got, you know, kids that want to come up and poke at you or, uh, uh, you know, annoy you. And sometimes I just have to break character and go, they're like, we know you're real. And I'll lean over and go, everybody knows I'm real. You're not special. And they either, usually then they're like, oh, he talked to us and they run off. But like overall, it's a really cool gig. Cause I mean, I, I, I get paid to go out and just make people happy and just make them laugh. Like 
I don't know that there's a better gig out there. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with with what you're doing, they take that home with them and they tell people, or they they oh they, they do. Film it. Yeah, it's one of those things and, where like it. This is this is like I posted it on Facebook. Oh, my mom got her fortune, and it's funny because there was a crowd around you. Right. But everyone was at a distance, and you see like people individually like walking up and like pushing it real quick, all scared. Like you're saying, they're like scared. They get your thing, and then they back back up, like, like you're gonna punch yes. them or something. Yes, and I've had people like lean in where they're like kind of squatting down and reaching for the button. All care like if I get too close, he's gonna grab me. And those are the ones when they're making that like there's sometimes that I'll kind of lunge and move my head real quick at them, but it depends on the crowd. Like you have to what. The most important thing that I do isn't giving anybody the fortune card or moving like the machine. See, what people don't realize is as the performance is going on, like once your mom got up and pressed the button, I I was actually mentally I'm done with her. I already know which fortune I'm going to say. And now what's happening is as I'm moving and presenting for her, I'm actually looking over her shoulder and looking around because I need to see who's coming up next in line. So mm-hmm. I usually I'm mentally going two to three people ahead so I know which fortunes I'm going to um, so that I can – whether I do program or whether I see somebody and do something funny. Like the one guy, um, dude had a, a Dallas Cowboys jersey on. And so as soon as I saw him, like Cowboys jerseys are huge here in Albuquerque like because we don't have – there's no team here. Like so if you're in New Mexico and you're a football fan, like you're a Cowboys fan or it's either Cowboys or Broncos, right? And so the Cowboys are easier to make fun of, I got to say. Anyhow, so he comes up and it was something like, ah, I said to him, I'm like, Conjurer sees great challenge in your future that you will enjoy. However, no joys come in in a Super Bowl for the Cowboys, right? And I just <laughs> hit all his buddy. They're like, oh, and they're laughing at Poyton. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And then the cool thing I added, um, I start playing the, you've seen the meme with the, the deal with it where like the digital sunglasses come down. And it plays like a Snoop Dogg sound. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. So I programmed in like the beginning of that Snoop Dogg song. Uh, the, the next episode, I think, is what it's called. So it plays the beginning of it where it's all, na, 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 na. It's yeah. the D-O-double-G. And I'm like, and I bought a pair of these sunglasses, the real ones. And I just put them on and just look at the guy and then slowly hand him the fortune card. People were losing their crap over it. And I'm all like it, this last couple fairs, I was testing that at the end of last fall. And so when I add a new bit like that, I'll try it sporadically. And that gave us the perfect opportunity. And people have, the response on that one's been amazing. So that one's like full time. That is a, that's part of the show. Now, if somebody's got the right dirt team jersey on that we're going we're going for it nice. That's that's it. Well, what are, what are those videos called? I watch those all the time, like where you see like a. You see a mouse get away from the cat. Cat's looking for it, and then you just sunglasses. Right, the down. mouse is right. The mouse is in like the back corner hiding, and it's like, yeah. yep, there's yeah, one yeah. Where the, a cat chased a mouse, and the mouse jumped up on this. There's a, it's on the outside of a wheel of a car, but the car is yeah, yeah, really yeah. dusty. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah, and, and the, the cat's cat, looking around, and yeah, right, and he's looking it, right at it. <laughs> yeah, the mouse is just what, chilling. And what that video cuts, but apparently, I read the comments on on somebody posted it at some point, and um, apparently, the cat like. 20 seconds later finds him and eats him and i'm like you should have posted that that should have been out there because it should have been like the music starts playing and then the cats you hear like the record scratch and the cat gets it and oh yeah that would have been perfect (laughs) that would have been funny yeah i saw this video yesterday of this pelican eating a, a duck i felt so bad for it because 
the pelicans just hanging out. People are feeding. There's pelicans and ducks, and they're feeding them and goose. And the and pelican just nails the duck. The pelican just boom, picks him up, and then the duck's like trying to get out. So you just see him wrestling in his neck, and he's like trying to swallow him, and the, and the thing's just moving around his neck. You, yeah. you can see right through the the, the yeah. goal of the the pelican. It, it was I felt so bad. Well, for and this see, thing. let me tell you something on pelicans. And, and here's my vast knowledge on them because my wife's from South Mississippi, and her family grew up in Louisiana. Well, it's a state bird down there, the brown pelican. So when the NBA moved. I forget which team, but they moved them to New Orleans and they decided to call them the Pelicans. NBA people were like, the Pelicans, what a stupid name. And then people in New Orleans were like, um, do you want to know how savage a Pelican is? And like when you actually look at how they hunt as a predator, like they're a messed up bird. Like they will kill without mercy. Just like you with this duck, like I'm a pelican, and I'm going to eat the damn duck, and that was it. Yeah, alive. Big-ass duck. I'm just going to hold him in here until he suffocates. It's like, jeez. Yes. yes. Fucking pelicans. I'm going to kill them all. No, nah, I wouldn't kill them. I'm not going to kill no birds, guys. <laughs> nah, don't do not do that. <laughs> BP, BP already tried that. We were not impressed with it. Oh. Oh. I remember that. Uh, Deepwater yeah. Horizon. Did you see the movie? No. It was good. I- was it? Yeah, it was really good. Mark Wahlberg, of course, man. Mark Wahlberg always pulls through. BP, yeah, right? BP is the classic example of how forgiving Americans are. So, like, you know, earlier in the year when everybody was protesting the NFL, there was a while that I was like, the NFL's in deep shit. And then, but I knew it was it would rebound. It's just, it's what it, Americans forgive. Like, BP put, like, all the oil they could possibly find and spilled it into the Gulf of Mexico. And people were like... I'll never get gas at BP again. And then eight weeks later, they were like, oh, BP's two cents cheaper. Let me go get gas at BP. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's how so it like, works, man. Like when Logan Paul, the other, you know, a couple weeks ago, when he did that stupid thing in Japan with yeah, that in the suicide forest. forest, right? Like, and he knew, like, I don't buy into this whole, uh, I didn't know. I was just trying to bring awareness. I'm like, oh, yeah. But Robert, dude, and that's, he gets That's views, why dude. I was in the thumbnail. That's why dude, I was in the thumbnail. Yeah. Of course he does. And he so gets views. When, he don't need them. He doesn't need the views from that video. He gets right, views, dude. Right. But this whole I didn't buy into the, the sincerity <laughs> of, oh my bad. And I'm like, you know, but I also knew that that people were gonna come down on him. Like it was all hashtag end Logan Paul. And I'm like, yeah, for like six weeks or something. And then but you know, I also know that his what his demographic is and like little twelve year old girls don't care because it's Logan and yeah, he can do care. no wrong, you know? So I'm like whatever and now he did that video the other day and he's on the he's on the upswing again like america is the most forgiving country on the planet i i don't know if it's even forgiving i think it's that everyone's real sensitive and there's so much shit to focus on all the time it's like here's a new thing to focus on you forget about the last one here's something new you yeah. forget about the last one i mean with like logan yeah. paul the people who are that mob mentality of people jumping on him we're, weren't even fans of his. Right, they probably you know didn't I mean? even sub him. But what yeah. happened was they were tw- they were Twitter files. They saw him pump up there on the top trending hashtags. They click on it. They see the video, and then they've got to add their two cents. Like, yeah, yeah. That's you know, I think when you're when you I talk a lot with social media. Like, I I train fairs and marketing directors. I talk to people about how they can better use these these platforms to advertise their events and promote their events. And I think I am 100% with uh, Gary V on this one. Technology hasn't changed who we are. It's exposed who we are. 
Mm, uh, the people true. that the people that get on Twitter and argue and fight about Donald Trump and the Russians or Hillary and her emails or tax breaks or gun control or whatever, these are people that before Twitter, before smartphones they would say that cuz that's how they were they mm-hmm. just it was smaller it was in their within their little circle now they've got scale and so they've got a, a larger platform to project that voice but like if you're a dick on social media you didn't magically become one when you logged in you were already a dick yeah that's, that's just that's what true. i think that's true i think yeah it does expose like people sometimes expose us exposes us for who who we are um, oh for sure I'd say I I kind of I put a I put whipped cream and a cherry on top when it comes to my stuff. I'm probably more of a dick off of Twitter and shit. <laughs> I'm always like I have followers and stuff, and I like to connect with people. So I don't post like I don't really post like real like with me and my friends. We might might make some like really crazy sexual jokes, and we'll talk shit to each other and be complete dicks. But on on Twitter right. and Facebook, I'm not like that. I'm more yeah. reserved, I guess. You know, I keep that to my private funny chats. Yeah. Well, and I, for a while, I, I mean, I have, I'm very passionate about my political views and for a while there, the people that I would engage with most, um, were people that were like, I knew out off of the internet that like friends from college and whatnot. Um, but I, you know, as I got at some point during the Obama years, it was like, I just can't take that level of toxicity. And so as the the Trump Clinton election got going, if when people were posting stuff, it was like hide post, hide post, hide post, you know, and people want to talk about, oh, Russia hacked the election. And I'm like, no, 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 they didn't hack it because I literally for like a month straight, every single post that had to do with the emails, Trump, any of that, anything to the election, I told it hide post. And you want to know what after about three weeks? I hardly saw any of it because Zucks isn't stupid. His his algorithm is designed to keep your attention. So when you keep telling it hide post, it analyzes that post and goes, oh, this is about Hillary Clinton. Oh, this is about the election. Oh, this is about Donald Trump. This dude doesn't want to see any of that. And so my feeds got super clean. Like, that's it. And so when people talk about, oh, well, he, they hacked the election, I'm like, no, 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 no. You you share the information like you were the one talking politics, sharing political posts, getting on your friends posts and discussing. And so Facebook's algorithm said, oh, they like politics. Let's give them more like. Yeah, that's true. super that's simple, true. Wait, super did, simple. But then it gets sad. All of a sudden you're like, I don't have any shit to hide. Like, you know, I want to hide posts. I, I was getting into the rhythm of hiding posts. Now I can't yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, I do that it, with emails. You're like, you're like block center, block center, block center, send to spam, yeah. send to spam. And all of a sudden you stop getting emails. You're like, oh. <laughs> well, yeah, and then you're like, I, I, even if it's a spam message, like, I need the little ding that tells me I have a mess. Like, that's the, you know, there's that video that goes around with the guy who's the former Facebook exec, um, and he talks about you're being programmed because every time you get that little ding, it's like a little dopamine hit. It is, and I, and, and I get that. Like at scale, it is what it is, but I don't think as far as the programming goes, and far as how we consume information that things really change like we were programmed before it's just that you know women were programmed with cosmo when they were at the checkout line you know what i mean and now mm-hmm. cosmo's article or whatever is on their newsfeed. it's the same shit and to me i'm just like you know if it's bugging you turn it off but be aware that your behavior ultimately dictates what facebook does 
um, my Facebook feed now because of who I engage with is is predominantly fair people. Like that's what I have. I mean, it's all, which is very powerful for me in a B2B situation to know what's going on all around the industry and be able to engage with fair managers. That's, I mean, that's it. I, I do, and this is for me growing a business, one of the little hacks that I have is that as I connect with, with people, fair managers, marketing directors, entertainment coordinators, those types, I will go to their, every year I pick between like five or eight, maybe 10 people and I go to their profile and I, under the follow tab, I click see first. And so all year long, I see those people's information. And if it's, you know, something about the fair, I comment. If it's, hey, my daughter graduated from high school, I offer congratulations. You know, it's not, and I build context with them. It's not like, hey, book conjure. I don't ever tell, talk to them about that. Yeah. When I'm on Facebook, it's I'm building a relationship with them. And then a really funny thing happens when we go to the fair conventions. They walk up to me after dinner or at the trade show or something, or they catch me in the hallway and they say, hey, do you have a little bit of time tonight or tomorrow to talk about coming to our fair? And I'm like, yep, I That's sure awesome. do. Yeah, you build a like a natural relationship with, with people, which is cool. Yes. I, I do the same thing on Instagram. I follow people who I want to follow and I, you know, yeah. I you know, the more I like your photos or your videos on Instagram, the more you pop up and I usually always see it because there's no there's no favorites on Instagram. I don't think there's like a favorites category. No, but I always see your stuff. So it must be because I oh, usually man. I'll comment or, or like it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I that's one thing I wish Instagram would do a list I used on Twitter. You know, for so many people that are like, I just can't follow. It's just too much on Twitter. If you just take a you know a couple hours one evening or whatever and go through and take the people that you really want to see the most and put them in a list, it doesn't have to be I my lists aren't public. I think there's a couple of them on it, but I don't do anything with them. But the private list that I've got 80 people here or I've got one list that's just all the fairs and everything, like that makes it so much easier because then I just see their stuff. I don't see all the other noise that comes through. Yeah, I I I have a couple of lists on Twitter. You can also even make lists of people and not even actually follow them, which is probably what people do. Like, ah, I'm important. Look at me. I have 65,000 followers. I follow one person. And you're like, but look. Yeah. And you know, that's the <laughs> interesting thing because I've started doing, um, like, I was messing around with that um, Gary's, what do you call it, the $1.80 strategy or, or whatever it was, and to start building on Instagram. And so I started building up more people. But even like to me, my thing is being in a B2B situation, I'm like, I don't need 50,000 followers. I need like the right 200 people to connect with within the yeah, fair industry and the true. corporate event. So it's very narrow. Like I've got like 700 followers or whatever on on Instagram, but I've noticed and I didn't I didn't even realize this was a thing. This whole follow unfollow game. Do you know what that is? Oh, yeah. What these people yep. do where and like now I'm starting to spot them or I, you know, Instagram's like so and so followed you and I go look at their profile and I'm all, "Oh, You've got 27,000 followers, but you only follow 340 people. And I'm one of the 340 people? What? I'm like, wow, you must think I'm really important. And then you follow them, and then three days later, you go check, and they've unfollowed you. Because they just want it. For some reason, like a disproportionate follower to, to followed count like is important to some people. Like It's an ego stroke if you can be able to say, eh. I've got 50,000 followers, but I only have the time to keep up with 300 people. I'm like, you dick. Like, just don't. But that's what cleaner apps are for. You go through, like, I go through like once a month and I'm like, oh, you don't, you unfollowed me, then 
I'm, yeah, you know, yeah. I got one of those too. It's like Instagram unfollow or something, and yeah, and click it every once in a while, and it'll show all the people that unfollow. And it's usually those people you could tell they're building. St- I mean, I've done that on Twitter. I follow a lot of people on Twitter, like yeah. a lot of people, and. I got to the point where I stopped following back and, and, and if I see someone comment or I can see them, you know, in liking my stuff, I'll follow them back because I'll know that they're actually following. But I just stopped completely until I notice a real a real person. Because there's a lot of those entrepreneurs, business people. They're all the know, same. They're all it's all the same shit. Or I get a lot of those like buy Instagram followers. You get that a lot on Twitter, which is weird. Yeah. Um, and uh so I just I just I just stop I just stop caring it it doesn't matter on Instagram yeah. on Instagram it's like you you got to actually look at people's stuff so all these there's a lot of people who follow and it's like I open it up and it's a bunch of weird promo images I'm, I don't care about like I'm not gonna follow that like you know yeah well and you know so many of like in the bio you can tell who's full of crap and not when that you look at their picture and they look like they're 21 years old and they're all CEO of da 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 I'm all. You know what? I know people in the fair industry that are CEO of their company that makes $15,000 a year. You're, <laughs> you know, you're full of crap. You're not a CEO. It's just, you know, or the ones that are like, um, I see this on Twitter where it's something like, uh, how do they put it? Like in the ranked in Twitter's top 1% of influential people to follow or something. And I'm like, what the hell does that even mean? Who are you? You probably really don't need that blue check next to your name. I like, yeah, I don't know. you see some verified accounts, and I'm like, you know, I know, I know actors and some pretty good actors, like, you know, they, they make a lot of indie movies. Like, I'm pretty, right. pretty good friends with them, and they don't even have a blue check, and they deserve it more than some of the people I see. Right. I, right. I don't well, like, it. for a while in there, like, um, my wife bought that ex, like, God, probably my wife and I, six years ago, maybe seven years, we bought that exercise program, Insanity, with Sean T. He was the inst- – like, and he had all sorts of fo- – they wouldn't verify him. for the- And it's like all of a sudden you get to the point where I'm going – like I can understand verification if you're a celebrity or – and that I think was the original intent. If you're somebody that you could easily have somebody try to create a fake account. Mm-hmm. But there's people out there that have these damn blue checks that are like – Oh, I'm a published author. And I'm like, you self-published a book on Amazon four years ago that sold 800 copies. But nobody's spoofing you. <laughs> nobody's going to try and steal your Twitter identity. Stop it. Yeah, I see that. You see a lot of accounts. Like the other day, I, this Macaulay Culkin account liked something. I look on it. And I was like, is this? No, this ain't him. Like he doesn't have enough. Like he's, he's not verified. He doesn't, right. have, he doesn't have like there's no way Macaulay Culkin has that little followers, but it looked almost like an official account, and they were posting as if they were him. But I knew it wasn't. Yeah, so that I'd makes like, sense. That makes sense for like a Macaulay Culkin to have a verified account, which I don't think he's on Twitter to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. I, I honestly, I, I think it's funny that you brought up Macaulay Culkin of all people. I'm like, <laughs> I haven't, I haven't kept up with the kid since he smashed his face in Home Alone and started screaming years ago. But like. You know, yes, I think celebrities or, or, you know, politician, official account, that type of thing. Like, but this whole blue check has become the status. And these people that you're in, dude, once you have that, you made it like Like, you've, you've made it. And I'm like, I'm looking, but I'm looking at somebody, people and I'm like, you know, I get it. If you're starting to deal with like Casey Neistat, Gary V, some of these higher, like somebody that might try to portray them. And so, you know what the official account is. 
But because like everybody watch, Robert's gonna have a blue check in a couple weeks, and he's gonna rub it all in our faces. I uh, no, I'm not. I'm gonna be like, why the <laughs> hell do I have that? Unless I, I'm gonna, you know what? Honestly, I was joking with my wife about this once, and it was like, you know, if Twitter ever verified me, I'd have to like email them and be like, are you sure? You know, I'm not the lead singer of The Cure, right? And they'd be like, <laughs> oh shit, wrong, our bad, undo. I know of Ari Shafir. Do you know who Ari Shafir is? Uh, no, I've, I think I've seen the name come across uh, my feet. But he's a he's a comedian. He runs in like like the Joe Rogan circle. All those guys. Right. Um, ver- he, he Twitter was trying to verify him, and he didn't want the blue check. He's just like, I, I don't want it. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't want the blue check. I don't, like what's this whole status thing? I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't want it. I don't need it. Yeah, and, uh, I don't re- know. He man. refused it, so he didn't even take it. He he didn't want it. Uh, you know, to me, I I just think it's become a status thing, and like Facebook does one where there's like a gray check, and my Robert Smith Presents account has a gray check on it, but that's about verifying that that's the official business. Like you have to, I don't even know how it happened. I guess when I filled out my profile or whatever and verified the business address and the business email or whatever, so that's like the official thing for my business. And I'm like, okay, were people really mistaking one Robert Smith presents for a different one? Oh, like, maybe, maybe somebody could, you know, put a fake account and take some business, you know, take some, you know, like, oh yeah, just send a check. You know, I just need 500 down and I'll go do your gig, you know, 500 down now, you know, someone could do that easily. I guess. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it just to me, like, I think Twitter, I, you know, I think they let the whole verification thing go a little too far because, like, I mean, it, to me, I'm almost surprised I'm not. You should be like everybody should be. It's like what what do you have to do? What is the threshold? Because there's people that aren't verified that have put out like when Sean T like that Sean T is the dude who's on the infomercial with Insanity. Like at that point was like the biggest selling workout exercise program out there, right? He didn't get the blue check, but then you get people that are like, oh, yeah, I self-published a book. I should get a check. Like, I don't know. It's just stupid. I think it's it's just become an ego stroke for people. So whatever. Oh, my ego stroked. I want, I want to feel important, man. I want notifications all day. Come on, I, man. You know what? Honestly, I – um. So I started messing around with YouTube over the last like week and I started thinking, you know, what if I get in here into people's videos I like and engage with those users on the comments and not like comment spam where you're like, hey, great comment, follow my page. Like none of that crap, but literally where I'm like, I'm conversational. I really don't give a shit if I have followers. It does not matter to me. So I'm like, wonder, like, is this a way to engage with people? And so I'd leave some comments and the last 24 hours, my phone has just been like, ding, 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 and I'm like, ah, I'm on to something. But then you look, and you realize, 90% of the the notifications are because there was another comment on that thread. It had nothing to do with you, you know. So like, guy A comments, I come in and comment on guys A A stuff. Two or three other people comment, not to not in reply to my thing, but oh, to the yeah, original yeah. thing, and I get all the notifications, and I'm like. All right, never mind. This is kill it. I don't give a crap. I'm like I I have to stay focused on like I need like that hundred or hundred and fifty fair managers and entertainment people, and that's it. Like it's cool to build up a little bit of a following, I guess, especially on the conjure machine stuff, because then you get people that you know, though, like you, you you know, you connect on the conjure machine, um, Insta or whatever, and then that's kind of fun for the 
I don't. I, I say fans. I don't. Are people actually fans? Yeah, of this yeah, we're fans, box, dude. We're right? fans. Fan, no, we're fans. I don't know. I don't know. I we're d- fans. I think. I think it's an impulse decision. I think people go, oh, I'm going to follow him. And then, you know, a week later they see a picture and they're like, wait, why did I follow this idiot? <laughs> uh, not true, man. Not true. I'm still around there. I'm still saying what's up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The, I love using social to build relationships with fair managers and marketing people and whatnot. But the ego stroke of it to me, I just – it escapes me completely. And my wife's like – you know, she's got an Instagram that she like never uses. <laughs> she's like, I don't know, like, I don't. She just doesn't care. She plays. She plays uh, wordscapes in trivia crack. That's what she does with her. <laughs> I mean, I I like okay. Twitter to me is very impersonal. I like getting retweets and and likes and stuff, which is great. I love when people do it. And and if anybody's following that actually listens to the podcast, say what's up to me. That way, I can make sure I'm following you back. But um. Instagram is more like random people. Like people go through the the feeds on Instagram, and and you can see they just go on pages and put like thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up, fire, fire, uh, hot, one hundred. Yeah, but right? those those aren't even that's not even them doing it. They've got some app or something that auto it's yeah. all automated. And I'm like, it's always funny. Like I'll put a I I know who the real deal is when I I'll put a photo out with no hashtags on it, and like my followers will come in and I'll get like. 25 or 30 likes that are my followers and i'm like okay cool and there's times i've gone in and then i push the same photo same caption everything but then i add like 20 hashtags and now i've got like 80 likes on it and i'm like whoa and i look at the comments and it's all love your content i'm like you fake ass computer automated commenting dude like get out of here so i don't know yeah and it's like you post a video bp oil spill kills 10 million birds and it's like love your content like come on (laughs) yeah like you have no (laughs) literally literally you set your your you have i don't know what the program is and you set it you connected your account and whenever you see you know hashtag you know entrepreneur or whatever leave this comment and i'm like and now and now i get on where the comment thus the spam comments are like love your content come follow me and 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 leave me a dm for a free consult and i'm like who are you, dude? You know what? I want to get this program. I want to leave random comments on people's shit and see if they follow me. Let's try this. Let's test it out. Let's. But see, I would be the one that would be like leaving like random co- – my random comment wouldn't be like a thumbs up. It would be like, hey, did you hear they found Jimmy Hoffa? <laughs> like just complete random nonsense. Did you hear there was a third shooter on the grassy knoll? Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. I don't know. Would you like your fortune? Yeah, yours will be yeah. perfect, dude. If you had the conjuring machine like popping up in condoms, like I'd love to give you your fortune. Please visit the Fresno Fair, October sixteenth, October twenty third. Yeah, but that's that's spammy. People don't want it. You're like, a robot, though. It's not your fault. The robot took over, man. <laughs> the ro- I'm yeah. The robots are gonna take over. Like <laughs> you know, it's funny. I saw Elon Musk. Um, somebody talked about the robots are gonna take over, and then a guy comments, "Why are people so afraid of robots?" Just taking over just throw water on them they'll short out and oh. elon elon musk like retweeted it and was like oh my god i never thought of that well they got i mean they got the they got that stuff they could dip the you know like they dip phones in now they're they're um waterproof yeah i, I don't know they'd, fi- they'd figure it out they they definitely figure it out. i mean there's some weird crazy sex robots now you're like that's so creepy like it's so 
it's so Stepford, Stepford wives. I, I don't. Why would somebody want that in their house? It'd be so creepy, and it could talk to know. you, and you could change faces. Yeah. It's, oh, it's so I saw weird. a video where one was doing like backflips and shit, and I'm all, we're dead. Oh yeah, like, like, we're dead. Like I, I it was one. That. It's one thing. Like I don't think my Roomba is gonna attack me. But when that thing can you get knocked over and do a backflip to be back on its feet, I'm like, we're screwed. It's over. It, it reminds me of that line in Jurassic Park when Dr. Malcolm's like, yeah, you were so busy trying to figure out how you could. You never stopped to think if you should. Yeah, life <laughs> finds a way. Life, Yeah, well, life's going to find a way to ex- put itself out of its misery. Yeah, life, robots, AI. AI's scary, but it's it's inevitable. I mean, it's slowly working – they're getting real creative with it. I mean, it's not going to stop, right? I mean, no, not everyone's right now is going to go, this is getting too much. Robots are becoming too real. Let's stop. No, people are going to keep going and going oh, yeah. until they do invent that AI that, that thinks well, you it's know real. You know, I mean, it's going to be the military that does it. Like, they've already got the unmanned predator drones. And that, I mean, to me, that's really important technology. Our neighbor growing up flew F-16s. And so... I get that, you know, to be able to to save human life and not have pilots in those things, that's really, that's, that matters. But I'm going to bet in the next 50 to 100 years, it would not surprise me if you've got like a SEAL team of robots that go in and just wipe the floor of everything. You know what I mean? And like, like they're the ones that go in first and then a small SEAL team goes in to get Bin Laden after, you know what I mean? After everybody else is wiped out. The thing with the that's gonna be tough with that is AI and robots making judgment calls. You know that's gonna be the difficult part. Like, what if they make a bad judgment call? Who's to blame? You know. Well, the, the listen, they made a judgment call in the whole Terminator series, and they decided that humans were the bad judgment, and we're gonna take them out. So that's, that's what's true. gonna happen. I, how did we even get to freaking Terminator? I don't know, man. But I, li- I love I'm it, like, dude. I'm like, I'm a, I'm a fake machine at a fair in, in cotton candy and corn dogs and shit, and here we are talking about the Terminator. Yeah, that's the best part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> The, the second time also, because you, you got to remember, Arnold went and did the Madame Tussauds yeah, thing. Yeah, Arnold, Arnold did the Jesus. the Ripley's Believe It or Not thing, man. You know, it's like they're worried about making robots, making humans. Let's make them look more human. And, and people need to live forever. Like, no, we don't need to live longer. The world's already populated. We don't need more humans. It's just getting creepy. Why don't they focus on shit like creating the perfect dog that never shits, never eats, never barks, never dies, never gets sick. That's what we need. We don't need more humans. We need the perfect dog that's a robot. Well, instead of doing that with the dog, can we do that with like a kid? Like a perfect <laughs> the, kid that never cries. that never shits, never cries, never stays out too late, never crashes the family car, never talks back and gets moody as a teenager. Like, I don't know. Mm, that's a good idea. But also... <laughs> the, the fun of having a kid – I don't have any kids personally, the but the reels. fun of having having a kid is to watch it grow up and, and teach it things. But if it's just a robot that never gets older, I mean maybe you can like add a couple inches every year. You like add some longer legs. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, well, maybe that's like that you have a robot kid and like every year on the birthday, it gives you – the programming gives you like 15 new options. You can pick five and these are the new things. You're like, oh, look at this. It can throw a baseball now. That's really cool. And then all of a sudden you realize 30, 40 years in the future, all of our athletes were these robots. <laughs> all of the, all of the, this, this interview has gone off the rails. Dude, the new conjuring guy who's at the fair is actually a robot. Like, is he real? Like, that's when it gets to the point. Is he a robot or is dude, he not? You know and what? Like, 
one of the things I thought about, one of my favorite acts in the fair industry, um, and not just fair industry, but for my, my favorite kind of strolling acts, like they have them at the at theme parks or like those, the robots, like in Disney World, they, they have one that's like a trash can. I don't know if he's still there, but like, so the tra- there's a guy walking around with like, you know, he's like holding a cell phone and, but it's fake and it's the, the mic's actually tied into the robot and he's got his hand in a little pouch that controls the robot and like the trash can talks to people and whatnot. I just always thought it was really charming because here you have an inanimate object that you're animating and people like hang around and talk. It was called push because all the Disney trash, trash cans, it says push on the little flap. So I'm like, that's really cool. Like, and I thought about getting an actual Zoltar machine because they've got a system that Characters Unlimited can load into it that's a talkback system on it. So you can like be sitting off at a bench and as people come pre- press the button to get a fortune card, you can like live, wise ass them live. I'm like, that would be a really cool way to do this. The problem is those machines are just not built to travel. They're they're built to get shipped and spotted in a store and left there. Mm-hmm. So I'm like that, but I think it'd be really cool if instead of me just being in the box, but although that's the shtick with Contra is it's, it's a live, it's a human being portraying the character, but I just think it'd be cool to be sitting off to the side and be able to have Zoltar. People think, Oh, you know, put up a sign clearly press button, free fortune card, you know, where the fair could pay me to bring it in and animate this thing. And they're like, Oh cool. Let's get a free fortune card. And they go press the button. And then Contra's like, you know, Conjure sit, wait, 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 hold on. You're a Cowboys fan, no fortune for you. Get lost. You know what I mean? Like you can just mouth off back. And I think that'd be cool. Some people yeah. deserve it. And then you'll get so lazy, you'll just be at, at your house remotely, just with a with a little camera and they're like Or Bama fans. Oh my god, Bama fans. What's the, a Bama fan? Alabama. Alabama. <laughs> Bama's god, like Bama fans. What does that mean? Bama. Oh my God. Like Chris Strub, if you're listening, if I ever have the opportunity to do a conjurer fortune for you, buddy, I'm gonna program some Bama insults just for you, dude. I like it, dude. That's it's fun, <laughs> man. And yeah, dude, I big shout out to you just for doing what you do so well. And when Thanks, I man. came home from the fair, that was like the one besides the chicken sandwich, the the chicken donut <laughs> with ice cream. <laughs> Ice cream, chicken, donut sandwich, and the and the conjurer machine. Those were literally Jesus. the two things I brought back when I left. That's the two things I was talking about, and I posted, I posted those two things on Facebook. Like that was the things that was it that I posted. Yeah, I mean it. It's all you have to do is catch someone's attention. You go to the fairs, and you see the same shit: food, food, food. And oh, there's yep. a chicken sandwich made out of a donut and ice cream. Fucking awesome! I'm gonna tell everybody about that. You know, everything else, you've seen the corn dogs already, you've seen the cotton candy, you've seen all that shit. Then you go over here, there's a box with the, is that a guy? Is Wait, is that a guy or a robot? Is that a guy? Wait, I'm going to go over there. I'm, push that button. Wait, no. Is he going to grab my hand? I'm going to push yeah. that. Uh, okay. Well, you should, you know what, they've got, because the fairs like to switch stuff up, so they're going to rotate me out this year. But you should definitely shoot them an email and be like, look, this was the the coolest thing we saw so if you don't bring him back this year you got to have him back again well dude i mean you know the second coolest thing i did see a chicken sandwich made out of ice cream and donuts you cannot tell me that i'm not as cool as ice cream and okay mate you're right donuts chicken ice cream (laughs) this this interview man this is why that you call it the horribly awkward thing i'm like (laughs) thinking we're gonna talk about fairs we're gonna talk (laughs) about like motivational speaking and running a business and now we're talking about ice cream 
and the Terminators. Well, dude, I, I like to just let it go naturally. I don't like to come in with any plans because then it just becomes an interview. And it's like, I hate interviews. Because unless somebody knows you already, an interview, right. they don't give a shit. So they wouldn't right. hear it. Well, wanna... and I went back. I listened on your, uh, especially one with, um, uh, is it Peter Patrick Coyne? Patrick Coyne, yeah. Patrick Coyne. And um, so I was like, huh. So for like 12 minutes of that, it was like genuine interview talking about The Walking Dead and whatnot. And then after that, shit just went off the rails. And I'm all, okay, <laughs> cool. If that's the that's the cadence of his show, I got it. We'll just talk about whatever. Yeah, it's like I want to talk about some shit. But it's like I also want to kind of talk about the reason you're here, what I think is cool about you. But I also want to talk about Terminators taking over the world <laughs> and robot dogs. I mean, come on, man. Oh my god! I want, I want the li- I want the I, listeners. I will just not be surprised when this episode is not ranked in the top ten on on iTunes. <laughs> oh, dude! I'm gonna hashtag the shit out of uh, chicken ice cream sandwiches. <laughs> so we'll get it, dude. We'll get some. We'll get some Instagram likes. <laughs> I'm gonna get my robot, my Instagram robot, uh, connected before your episode comes out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I see where that's going. That's hey, I love podcasting, man. I found a loophole like you did with this box. You just handing people cards and it works. Yeah. Well, and you know, I had one I one fair manager was like, I can't book you. And I'm like, why? And he's like, well, you don't even speak. And I'm like, Am I that solid on this thing that he doesn't even realize how the act works? And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, I get it. I understand. Respect. Yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't know. My mom was like is, is is it is it pre-recorded or i hear the robot noises she and she didn't know she yeah. honestly didn't know and i told some her yesterday some i told some her isn't. and it's the reason that it's super beneficial for that is um there are times especially as i get tired towards the end of the uh end of a day or the end of a fair you end up getting a little more pre-recorded stuff because my like i just get i'm slower on the uptake i'm like and then i start tripping over words when i'm trying to say something and i'm like okay now it sounds stupid so i give myself some cover and do the pre-recorded stuff for a little while. But it works, man. People love it, so I can't complain. I get it, man. Like, right now is my sweet spot in the podcast. Like, this is where I'm like, all my energy's here. All right, Rob, we're doing a five-hour podcast, but uh, which is not going to happen. But I have done five-hour podcasts, and by the end, I'm, like, delirious. Like, let's yeah, just, Chris, let's wrap, Chris let's wrap Strub did that once when uh, Fanzo was getting up towards, I don't know, like 10,000 followers or 100,000 or something on Twitter, and he did, like, a marathon Facebook Live and or Periscope or something. He would not get off the air until Fanzo had gotten over, like, 100,000 followers. And I think – I forget how many – I'd have to ask him. But, I mean, it was hours and hours and hours that he was on there. And that's how I met Chris. I came in, and I'm like, yo, I've left a comment. I'm like, Robert Smith's here. You can all go home now. And he's – you know, how people do on the live. And they're like – you kind of – they're looking down because they're looking at the comments and not at the camera. And he goes – Robert Smith. Robert Smith is here, so you can. I don't know who Robert Smith is. Okay, ne- <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm like. Okay, Chris and I are gonna be friends. This is gonna work. <laughs> nice, nice. That's fun. So, but yeah, dude, I'm not gonna keep you forever. I lied about five hours, so we're gonna do about another two hours, and we'll be good. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, before we get to the wrap up, I mean, anything you want you want to say about motivational speaking and all that? Because you brought that up, you know. Well, I. I, uh, man, see, now you put me on the spot. I don't know. Like I go do, um, by the time this airs, I will have done it. I'm going back to my alma mater to do a talk on social. Um, what's really interesting is when I started talking social affairs, um, a year ago and started doing public speaking, um, I, 
used to think nobody would listen to me because I'm just an entertainer in the fair industry. And, you know, they're like, what do you know about marketing? And then the funny thing is, as I started talking, I realized that there's a lot of fairs out there that they're active on social media for like the month before their fair, during the fair, and then you don't hear about them for the rest of the year. And I'm like, I literally am marketing with the exception of like the two weeks around Christmas. I'm every single day I'm at it. So I started talking, doing that, doing motivational speaking and whatnot. And it's, and I don't even know if it's motivational speaking. I like, it is. I like, I like giving people something that's actionable because mm-hmm. like we in the, you know, anytime you go to a convention, like the fair industry, every convention I go to, there's a keynote speaker that opens the event. And in most cases, the keynote speaker is somebody who is, um, like it's a rah rah. It's a all right. Let's get up and at them and have a great convention. And you, they're very motivating. But then next Thursday comes and people are right back to their routine. So when I speak, I like to give people something that's clearly actionable. Like in uh, uh, back last May, I was at the Florida Fairs convention and I I there was a panel going on. I wasn't even on it. They get to the end and there's like eight minutes left to do some Q and A or whatever. And um, I raised my hand and, and asked about any, had any of the people on the panel had any experience using and marketing with Snapchat geo filters. And they were like, you know, a lot of the fair people in the fair industry are older that, and haven't gotten involved in this level like we have. And they were like, what? And I said, you know, I'm like a snap geo filter. And they go, could you just take like real quick, explain that? And so I explained what it was and I said, like, here's an idea. Instead of just putting a geo filter over your fair, like if you've got a student day on Wednesday, why don't you put like a geo filter over every high school in your area that just says, you know, the such and such county fair and the dates, student day or whatever. So that as because they're all on Snapchat all day long, maybe they see it and they go, oh, are you going to the student day? That's cool. We should go check that out. Right. Super simple. And it's like depending on the size of the school, like five or eight or ten bucks, it's not a big deal. And so I thought, nobody's going to do it, but, you know, I threw it out there anyway. Well, sure as hell, I get to the IEFE convention, which is the international one in Las Vegas on Thanksgiving weekend, just um, a couple months ago. One of the gals who was there, she goes, you're not going to believe this. We did it. But she goes, our fair is in August. Our kids don't come back till after Labor Day. So what we did, we're at the beginning of August. We blanketed every 4th of July event, big fireworks show, all that kind of stuff car shows, all those type of public events leading up to like the two weeks before our fair. She goes, we spent a thousand dollars on geo filters. We had 750,000 views off of that. Wow. And I'm like, literally that's 75 cents per thousand views. Yeah, I was right. Damn. So that's the kind of thing I, I help fairs and help, help brands and help people with. And, uh, you know, that to me, it was just so cool because it was validation. It was, here's Robert just what do you know, fortune boy, you know, and now here <laughs> I'm like, boy. these guys are, you know, a lot of the people in the fair industry are still really religious about like billboards and things like that. And I'm like, you know, I guess some billboards are cool, but like there's some fairs that spend 50, 70, $80,000 on billboards. And I'm like, are you getting like, you could dump almost all of those and you would not see a loss because people, people don't look at billboards. Like they're looking at their phones when they drive by. Literally, I've seen fairs that have taken photos of their billboards and then they post, oh, our billboards are up. And then I'm like, the funny, I tell my wife, I'm like, the funny thing is their billboard will get more views because of this picture on Facebook 
than it will the actual billboard of people driving by. Yeah, social media is key right now, man. You Huge. just got to know how to utilize it. Huge. And, you know, I love the new Facebook, the algorithm changes with Facebook because I think a lot of, you know, brain, nobody really knows how it's going to play out right now because it's just starting to get rolled out. But I think this is the point where Facebook starts separating the people who actually create quality content and the people that just do bullshit clickbait stuff. So I'm re- I'm glad for it. I'm ready to see what happens. Yeah, it's clickbait videos that you click open. It's not even about which, like, come on. Like, that. Yeah. That's, that's not even in the video. Like, I, yeah. I see those on YouTube all the time. It's like, the biggest spider ever. And then you open it up, and it's a bunch of photos that someone confiled in this, like, slideshow and then the, the the spider that you think's on the on, on the on the thumbnails it's literally yeah or it's, it's like the there. very last like i see that on instagram videos where the still image is like and i guess that's what instagram does is it'll take one of the like the last frame of the video and that'll that's what the placeholder is and like you see this stuff where it's like you know the gnarliest shark attack ever and there's this shark going after something and then you play the video and you're all Literally one frame out of that 57 seconds was that damn shark. And I'm just like, that's that's the nonsense. That, like, Facebook's got a responsibility to clean that crap up. And I think Zucks will because all he cares about is us paying attention. And he knows that if it becomes all noise like that, I think that's why he's he, they're making this change. I think it's a lot more than the whole, oh, news organizations and hacking and crap like that. Yeah, yeah. I think he knows he just I think people are getting bored with somewhat getting bored with Facebook because it's just all the same crap and it becomes a time suck and then at the you know all of a sudden you go, "Oh my god, I I've been watching these dumb videos for an hour. I haven't there's nothing meaningful to it." There's a lot of competition, man. They got to do something. Yep, for sure. And that's like I said, I think that's where this is where over the next year people who are decent content creators start to separate from the pack. And on that note, that was powerful. These, I'm about to we went from these. we went from ice cream and donuts and and shit to like all of a sudden having like real fire right there in the last three and a half minutes. That was awesome. Dad, that's how it works. <laughs> yeah. Edit, edit creatively, man. Edit creatively. You guys like and share this podcast as you're listening on Facebook somewhere. Find it, Twitter, like and share it because the system works. Yes. Yes, and if you want to like and follow me, like I hate, I'm, I'm gonna throw a right hook on this one. It's at Meet Robert. David, don't do it yet. Don't do it yet. Robert, Not don't yet. do it. Don't do it. Okay, creative editing. Creative ed- no ed- editing. We're gonna do Edit. editing. All right, we're gonna get to wrap up, but I got we gotta get. Oh, that's everyone. in the wrap up. Got it. I was yeah. jumping ahead of you. No, no, it's okay, man. You're throwing punches. I dodged them all, so we're good. Ready? Let's yes. get to the wrap up show. Ayo Freeman. Yo, what's up, Iams? Dude, what's left to do? All right, I guess. So I just get to talk about me for a second. Is that the deal, or is that? Yeah, it's all about you and like where you want people to find you or search for you. Okay, so I'll be honest. Nobody is getting to this point in the podcast, but for the three of you that made it this far, you can find me at Meet Robert Smith on all the platforms. And if you want to check out Conjure Machine. Look up. It's either because it, Twitter you can't do the long handle, so I think it's at Conjure Machine on Twitter. But like, check it. Just search Conjure Fortune Machine, and stuff will pop. That's what it is on Instagram. I'll put That's all these links below. I'll put all these yeah, links in cool. this description. Cool, man. I like it was fun being on the show. I like. I knew. I'm glad I listened to that one with uh, with Coin because I knew this was just going to be like bananas, and whatever happens, happens. <laughs> That's the way I like it. I don't like the prep. I don't like homework. Respect. 
So Respect. it's like I want to learn. I want to learn whatever comes up naturally. I just I hate asking questions because it becomes this. I'm gonna ask you a question. You're gonna answer it, and it's gonna feel very formal. And I hate that. It's like when you listen to an interview podcast, you're listening because you usually because you know who that is already. And you want to hear some questions. So I'd rather yeah. get to know you, and then we're gonna talk about your your weird fetish with being in a box. You call it a fetish. I don't think with the amount of cash I get on the other hand, okay, maybe it's a fetish. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like it, dude. I wish I made some money on this podcast. Here we go. I'm going to follow, uh, sign up for my Patreon. At Robert Smith on Patreon. Find me. That was terrible. I, I don't know. I don't want, don't, I don't want, I don't want you guys to mind. I just want you to listen and listen to my cool friends, aka guests. And go out and see Robert in the box. And I want yes. you to poke at his face and say, are you real? And wave your hand around like, are you real? Is this a camera no, working? Don't po- I swear to God, if anybody pokes me in the face because of this, I'm going to find you. <laughs> Have you got anybody to like touch you? Like anybody like weird? Yes. I've actually ended up having one person had to get thrown out of the pair because he decided to punch me in the side. Oh, was he, was his, did he get pissed off because of your fortune? No, he was a punk 12-year-old kid that thought um. you know, that... You know, so yeah, some people are just jerks. It happens. Jerk faces, man. Did you, I got a question for you before we go, Robert? Oh have, Jesus! Did you? No, this is an easy one. Have you ever learned? Have you not ever? Have you learned anything from this podcast? Have I learned anything from the podcast? Yeah. Have you learned anything from this episode of the podcast? Have you learned anything in life? Did they teach you any life lessons? Did I make you a better person? The robots are gonna take over. I know that, and they're gonna eat donut ice cream cheeseburgers or something. <laughs> donut. Chicken what sandwiches. was it? Chicken, chicken sandwich, sandwich, not a cheeseburger. Chicken sandwich. Donut chicken sandwich. <laughs> donut, yeah, donut chicken sandwich, ice cream sandwich. I've learned that you can plan a heart attack based on that stuff. So that's true, true. And <laughs> we really do need some like robot dogs. Really, I would love to have a dog in my apartment that I wouldn't need a uh, deposit for. And I really don't have time to take the fu- the thing out to go piss and take craps and then have to pick that crap up. I don't I don't want that. Just give me a robot dog, please, somebody. Oh my god. Elon Musk, please. <laughs> yeah, Elon will get right on that. Richard yeah. Branson. Richard Branson will help fund it. <laughs> That's what we need, man. So, man, oh, I just want to say a big thanks, man. This was been. It was awesome. a pleasure, man. Glad to be with you. Uh, you guys can find me on the Hush Your Face Network. So shoot over to hushyourface.com there's a lot of other cool podcasts on the network most of them my buddies so check all those guys out my buddy Rocky he is um, he's the guy running shit over there so uh, hush your face awesome um, I think at hush underscore face on Twitter I don't know why I don't have that info in my, in my description but you can find me on Twitter at awkward underscore podcast you can find my personal account at they call me I am's if you guys play video games, Xbox, PS4, Steam, whatever, I'm also a gamer tag is they call me I am's. Spelled just like the dog food, no spaces. Uh, you can hear me on Radio Vegas.rocks every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern. So this podcast right now might be on Radio Vegas. What's up, Radio Vegas? Well, that's cool. Woo! That's cool. So check us out, everybody. Radio Vegas probably still has ten listeners left, not three. Yeah, they probably have ten. So everybody, Radio <laughs> Vegas, introduce you to my to my uh, friend in a box, the Conjurer. And if you guys, since you guys don't see video, he is in a box as he did this whole podcast. It was really neat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys can find me on Instagram and Facebook too. I'm there as well. Uh, drop me a voicemail at five one zero. 
600-3475. That is not my personal phone, so go ahead and just go straight to voicemail. Leave a voicemail. It's a Google voicemail. Drop a voicemail there. Or send me an email the old-fashioned way, horriblyawkwardpodcast at gmail.com. I hit the end, dude. We're done. That's it? I, I mean, we can go longer. You want to go another couple hours? <laughs> We're That's good. Roll. That's wrong. Thanks back. for listening, everybody. See ya. As Gidget would say, Peace out, Brussels sprouts. Hey, it's the S to the M and the L to the Islam. Slammer in the house, so drop your listen. Poor whiskey, backward cock flies. Merrily sock, bird telecast. Destiny doctor, down cow. Callously squandered lamb. Heavenly slaughtered broadcast. It's the horribly awkward podcast. Best part of waking up. Ah, uh, it's, it's the living, working the graveyard lifestyle. So, what is it that you do that you're working graves on? I'm a pimp. Well, I, yeah, I got that part. Okay. Yeah. So I just wait <laughs> out in front of hotel rooms while, while my lady's in there, you know. Like. I mean, it's Fresno, so I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Oh, yeah. That's a horribly awkward show. Your face is coming straight to your ears. A podcast network that's changing gears. Bringing fresh, funky pods with a fresh, funky beat. A family of pods that are bringing the heat. There ain't no stopping us. Keep coming back to us, sick ass pods that'll make you hush. www.hushyourface.com. Uh, 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 uh,